Hello, hello, and welcome to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. What a beautiful day to inspire lives. My name is Jaime Gabriel Ragosa, your host, and I am so excited to have you here. Let's get ready to meet some fantastic unicorns and learn how to unleash the inner unicorn in you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn in You. Today, I have a very special treat for y'all. I have an individual that's always near and dear in my heart. I have loved her ever since she slammed the door in my face when I was five years old. <laughs> we used to fight about Dalmatian movies and the Tarzan movies that we just didn't want to share. But through all that fighting, we ended up loving each other. She's been my biggest unicorn in my life. Hopefully one day we'll be like her. I have my cousin, uh, Rosalina Sandoval. So I'll let her introduce a little bit about herself. So formal, my full name. My name is Rosie. I work at a tech company and I'm the HR manager there. I've been with a company for about six years now, going on seven. This was my first actual like HR job. I did go to school to study HR. I have a bachelor's and master's both in HR. I decided to do something a little bit unconventional and do both of my degrees back to back. I told myself like if I don't do this right now, I'm never going to go back to school again. I'm a big procrastinator. And if I just didn't continue it, like it was just never going to get done. But I think I also paved the way for like my sister and then you to follow in those similar footsteps. If I could go back and do it all over again, I would do it exactly the same just because I still know myself and I would procrastinate and never go back. I'm going to get married in May. So we're excited for that. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You were first generation Hispanic, first one out of the family to ever get a bachelor's degree and first one to ever get a master's degree. How was that? Do you feel like that pressure motivated you? I think my parents were very kind in the way of how they brought me up in the sense of I didn't know any other way. Every time that they would speak to me, it was always about you're going to get an education, like you're going to become somebody. Like they never said, oh, you have to be a doctor or you have to be a lawyer. Like a lot of these first generation parents, it was more of do whatever you want, but you're going to be successful. And the way that you're going to do that is through education. My dad went to only the second grade and then my mom only went to the fourth grade. But my mom had such a love and passion for school and learning. And she learned a lot of good lessons and is very smart because of like the journey of life. She would always instill in me and my siblings of you're going to be somebody by being educated and you're going to go somewhere and it is that you want, but you're going to go to school regardless of where you land. So that was always instilled in me from a very young age. I knew that I didn't have a choice but to go to school. It was not, I can work and then. It was like, no, you're going to go to school and then something else. I do have to say that being the first was, of course, extremely difficult. You don't know what a college application is like, that you have to apply for financial aid, how expensive it is, the difference between a community college and a four-year university. And you go to your parents, which are supposed to know everything about life and all these journeys, and they're just looking at you like, good luck. You have to figure that out. Both my parents were born in Mexico. They didn't really speak any. English when I was younger. So it was up to me once I learned English. There was like, how do you translate this? Or how do you read this? Oh, go online and pay this bill because it's all in English. Or even now call this place because they pick up faster in English instead of Spanish. I was always had that dependency from my parents to where I had no choice but to figure it out, do the research. I would remember being in front of the computer and crying to myself. I'm just never going to go to school. This is too hard. How I even do this? Luckily, I had a lot of amazing professors and teachers along the way that were like, look, we're going to get you there. I had a lot of peers that were in the very similar like stance as me. So together we figured it out. Some of my best friends right now are friends that I've met in high school or even younger that I've been friends with for over 20 years. And 
We went through the same growing pains together. Having them in my back corner really built a community within like my peers at school really helped me to push forward. You learned everything. And then you had me and your sister being like, teach us everything. How was that experience for you? Did you feel a little bit of anger or like discomfort? You're like, I had to figure everything out about myself. <laughs> and now you guys are just freeloading off of my information. Uh, I do have to say, yes, I felt like there was some dependency and there was always like, oh, Rosie can teach you or Rosie can do this for you. And it's who the hell taught Rosie because there was no one there. I had to go to the struggle of figuring it all on my own. Why do I have to spoon feed you the information? Like, why can't you figure it out on your own like I did? Nobody paved this path. Why do I have to pave it for you? It was a lot of adjusting. Like at first it would make me extremely angry. Now that I'm older, I take a lot of pride in it. Just because I'm showing you or teaching you, it doesn't mean that like you're going to be dependent on me and you're not going to be able to go and do your own things or seek out your own opportunities. Once I started changing my mentality, and it was really once I like went to college and expanded my horizons and learned different things that, that I was like, I can do this for the people in my life that I care about. And now going into HR, be how to give somebody advice going through this process on their own and they want to get into the HR path, what would be some steps that they can do now in high school or early college that will prepare them better? I would have to say network. I am the most shy, outgoing person in the world. I'm not very good about having small talk or talking to people or just like randomly talking about anything. Like you're very good at that and you just <laughs> talk to anybody. And I'm like in the corner being a recluse. I don't know. You don't talk to me. I'm shy. And but once I get to know you, I'm like, oh, I to talk. Let's go. And I'm very friendly. The before gives me so much anxiety. So it's like something that you had to overcome, but you had to be true to yourself and saying, this is something that I want. So I need to make myself uncomfortable so that one day I can be comfortable. Just changing a little bit of my mentality, but it would absolutely have to be networking. Put yourself in places that you want to be. Like nobody is going to come and hand you this job on a silver platter and say oh my gosh you're the best person for this job no if you don't get down looking literally searching sometimes like stripping things off of other people you're not going to get to where you are you have to have the hunger and the drive to get to where you are it's your motivation and your ambition that's going to like really set you apart i've gone to a lot of school recruiting fairs for college students and i'm like send me your resume to this email. I'm giving you the tools that you need, but nobody ever emails me back. When you're at a career fair, here, take my resume. No, I don't want it right here because guess what? I don't, I'm not going to read it on a paper. I'm going to lose it like digital world now. So email me and then I know that you're invested. And then if somebody shows their investment in like my company are wanting to move forward or they ambition, then I know that they're going to do whatever it takes to get the job. And those are the people that I want. I think it's showing that you are invested, whether the company that you apply for or the agency or whatever is not truly like your wish or your dream, but it's a starting point. And you need just one door to open so that you can get the experience, get the background, especially with HR. It's like um, when I was first job hunting, that was the same thing. And it's like, how am I ever going to get a job if I can't get experience? Who's going to open that door? And the company that I work for, like they came to one of my college recruiting things and they said, email me. And I said, fine. And I emailed them, didn't hear back. They came back a second time and they're like, email me. And I was like, actually, I did. Let me pull up this email for you. And then the guy was like, oh, you did. I'm so sorry. Let's set it up. And then he, because I think I showed him like, I want this. You're slacking, not me. Then he was able to be like, okay, that's who I want. I got interviewed. And when I finally got hired, I thought it was a joke. But like I did start as an entry level position. And 
just gradually worked my way up and I've been there ever since. And I think right now, especially this topic is very hot because a lot of people are looking for jobs mm -hmm. with the great resignation, the great reallocation. Jobs are there, but they're scarce to go through. And there's these things called ghost positions where people are posting, but they're not really hiring. Since it's being so competitive right now, what are some things that people can do to make themselves stand out? I know that there's these fancy templates that everybody loves to do and put their picture on there and make it all colorful, but it's useless. At least for me as a hiring manager, I don't care how fancy your template is. I care about the content. So what are some things people can do to make themselves stand out appropriately? I like to use this analogy. Think about your resume as your dating profile. You want whatever company or recruiter looking at you to be attracted by what's on this piece of paper. They don't know who you are. They don't know what you look like. They don't know anything except for what's on this paper. You want this company to swipe on you and your resume has to be attractive. Always show results on your resume and say, I hired 20 people or I recruited 100 people or I saved the company X amount of dollars by doing this. Really show meat and potatoes on your resume. In order for those recruiters, they see those big numbers and they're like, oh, there's just somebody that's going to be a hard worker. Even if you're the laziest person, like on your resume, show that you deliver results and that you're going to be ambitious and you're going to be a go-getter. Also, cater your resume every time that you apply to a job based off of the description posted online. If the job description says, hey, I need you to be great at using a cash register and you have a little bit of experience, you better put that you have used a cash register, especially if you know how to do it. Definitely don't lie because you'll get caught. Interviewers like to ask questions based off of the resume and the experience that you put. Be true to yourself and the things that you have, but like you can also always twist some of the words that you're using. It's not a lie to make it sound more exciting. If you say, oh, I managed 10 people and it's I managed, developed, and trained X amount of people in like software, Excel, Microsoft, whatever it is that you did. And that kind of just shows like that you you did more than one thing of like train 10 people. And it's okay, great job. But what? Yes. And then what else? I think those are good tips. And I feel that a lot of people lack that result. Literally, they copy and paste their job description into their resume and it frustrates the bejeebies out of me. I can read your job, old job description. Write two or three things that you've accomplished while you were there. Did you train someone in something? Did you learn a new skill that can be valuable over to my job? I need to know what can you give me that will make you stand out from the rest. Exactly. And going back to like my dating analogy, you only have that one sheet or two sheets of paper. Do not be the person that sends me a packet of your resume. Like, first of all, I don't have time. I'm not going to read it. If it's too much to read, guess what? Thank you, Max. Like, it's just overwhelming on the page. Make your resume look clean and simple the biggest pet peeve i think for me looking at resumes is of spelling mistakes grammar mistakes your fonts don't match no keep the same format keep it clean do not write paragraphs like this is not a personal statement about why you want to work for my company give me facts about why i should hire you think about it again like the dating profile like it takes about 30 to 40 seconds to look at a picture and be like nope or yes, or no, that's like the mentality that you need to have because these recruiters are looking at resumes every day and it becomes daunting. And it's almost like annoying that it's like, this is another bad one, this is another bad one. And it's like the moment that you pop up to this like really good or refreshing one because the font looks good and it's like easy to read. And then I can easily pick out by skimming my resume. It's that's who I want. I know what they're doing and that's who I want here. So 
keep it concise, fresh, clean. I agree a thousand percent. Give me the most with the least amount of words. Right. Really work with people that can either get a second glance and really be specific with the job that you're applying for. Exactly. We've been talking about a lot of really good qualities that people should have in general, whether it be in the workforce or personal life. What qualities would you say make people unicorns? A company can always teach you the technical portion of the job. They cannot teach you soft skills. I cannot teach you how to be ambitious, how to be kind to people, to be friendly and have a smile on your face and just want to do more. So that's what I look for specifically in candidates. If somebody comes up to you and they're mean to you, how are you going to respond? Are you going to meet them with kindness or are you going to raise the salt level a little and then just meet them while they're meeting you? I want people to come to them and be kind to them because they know that they're going to be met with kindness. A lot of like those soft skills, believe it or not, are hard to meet. People think that I'm genuinely nice and not everyone is genuinely nice. A lot of people are mean and every day, like I remind my staff, choose kindness today. That does go a long way. But back to your question, the skills that I cannot teach that you want are approachability, kindness, and charisma a little bit. So be true to yourself and who you are. Yeah. And I think you can get a lot of these skills by volunteering, by working with different organizations and just trying to develop them because it's, you would be surprised how many people I've interviewed and just don't even know proper manners. I don't expect people to be like in a button up suit and tie when they come in, but they'll also come in a tank talk and flip flops and shorts. Yeah. Dress like it matters. I had two people that were going for a position. It was a high level position. One of them came in a tank top was very qualified. The other one wasn't as qualified, but she came in a suit and she really wanted this position. The other individual, it seemed like she just wanted the title. So even though she had the experience, I know the other one would st one stay longer, two, probably learn and master the skills and had the love for the work. Because if you're going to be working with other people, you want somebody that's going to be able to motivate you, be able to be kind to work with. You're going to be facing with this individual every single day. You want to at least like them. Absolutely. Talking about other people's uniform qualities. You're one person that is very ambitious, very kind to individuals, always willing to give a helping hand. You really do care about people around you, whether it be family, friends, work. So what are some things that you feel make you a unicorn? I think my parents and of course, like the way that I was brought up of if you have something, then just give it. I was always taught to be like humble, especially with like family. I know you were brought up very, very similar. I do also think it has to do a lot with me being a Leo and caring about like my people and like wanting to protect like those people that are very close and kind to my heart, whether it's like my staff, my family, like I have this saying that's like nobody messes with me or mine. That's just the same mentality. If anybody is going to be mean or rude or messed up to someone, like I go like full lion mode and I'm like, there's no way. Like you go to the side. This is my person. Like you can't mess with them. I think is also my just honesty and transparency i think lies are a waste of time and i don't have time for bullshit like life is short and i want to enjoy it i want to have the most genuine time and like i don't have time to siphle through whatever lie or fluff you're going to feed me and i think it's very contradictory me being in like hr because hr is all about the fluff and the feel goods and making people feel good but you can do that by being transparent yeah. I'm not going to walk up to you and I know that I'm going to take your job from you today. And I'm like, honey, it's going to be a great day. No. Hey, we're going to have not a favorable conversation. And this is what's going to happen. And people feel better because they knew that I wasn't just going to try to make them feel better. They knew that it is my job. I have some responsibilities to do. And I'm just going to do like, 
rip the wax strip off. I do that like every day in my life. Like I am very honest and transparent sometimes to where it does hurt people's feelings because they're like, man, that was me. And it's no, it really wasn't. It was just honest. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you or pretend that that's okay or that I like what you're doing. No, like I just don't have time for it. And I tend to like siphle people out of my life that are in that capacity and only have time for the real ones to be in my life. So I think honesty, I guess, is my best quality. You've always been blunt and to the point. Mm-hmm. You say it in a way where you're not malicious and you're not trying to hurt people's feelings. You're right. This is the way it is. I've always appreciated that method. And I've always wished that I had managers in HR that came to me that way. And that's the way that I'm with my staff now. And they seem to be receptive with it. I tell my staff when I do introductions with all of them and anybody that joins my team or things in that nature, I say, hey, this is who I am. And I go over like my two most important things. And that is keeping it honest and transparent with me because that's the same way that I am with people. Any information that I have and you need, I will always give it to you regardless. Like I'm now the HRM and other people are like lower levels and it's like if you need it for your role like I'm gonna give it to you because there have been so many times where I needed information that like my managers above me didn't give me and it's if you want me to do this like how do you want me to do this if I don't know the whole story and yeah there are things that you can't say because you're a high level but the majority of this stuff like you as a leader can tell your team they're also employees and sign the same confidentiality agreements that you do so like just tell them the info and then the second one is like communication i don't know how to be a better leader for you if you don't tell me what you need or what you want i am very honest and i tell them like hey like this is how i speak like i'm laid back and i'm chill but like i also have this standard in this bar if it doesn't work for you or offends you or whatever let me know and i will change i think because i'm so open with who i am and how i am and the way that i lead my team is receptive and then they're like, okay, like if she can be herself, then I can be myself. Also have tattoos and piercings. And I think that's more acceptable to people that are like, oh, she's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, even though I can be fairly mean, but we're going to say mean. I have a high bar on the way that things do. But like my team knows that those are my two non-negotiables. And if something happens and I don't know about it, like we're going to have a conversation about why it didn't happen. Yeah. Also to encourage my team and let them know like everything that you do, almost like 95% of the things that you will do in your role can be undone. So do it and don't be scared. Like you're not going to get in trouble. And I also remind them like, we're not going to agree on everything, but that's why I hired you so that you can, from your experience and your background and your knowledge, even from your upbringing, make me think differently. And that's what's going to make us a better team and a better company. And giving the team that encouragement to be like, oh, I can do that. And then like removes that, oh, I'm scared mentality of I'm just going to get fired. But it's always like a conversation that you should have with your employee. It should never be something that it's like today you're going to get fired. Like you should never surprise anybody with that. It changes their lives and their whole thing. And I, when I went into HR, that was one of my things. Like I told my professor, I don't want to be in HR because I don't want to play like the God card and ruin people's lives because I'm taking their job and just, you're not going to take it. It's because of the actions that they did that caused them to lose their job. And I was like, oh, you're right. So I remind my team of that too. So it's cool. Yeah. I tell my staff all the time, I will never fire you or write you up out of the blue. You will know it's coming, but I will give you a lot of chances to correct the actions beforehand. So it doesn't have to go that route. The behavior is yours. You can correct it or mm-hmm. you can continue that path and get rid of Yeah. But I'll tell them like, hey, if you continue doing this, we're going to have issues. So what can we do to stop this? It's not on you. Let's do this together. And then just have like open conversation and talk about it. It should never be a slap in the face. Oh, I'm fired. Why am I fired? Let's- this makes no sense. 
And a lot of the times I've had staff, really good staff that are now friends of mine that I've had to let go, but they knew the process and they knew that I tried everything and they're like, this job just wasn't a good fit for me. And I was like, do you have a choice? Do you want me to let you go or do you want to quit? And they're like, I'll just quit. I just think that I can do better elsewhere. And I tell them, these are your strengths and these are your weaknesses. And I just don't think that it matches with this job title. Right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I agree. And now they're successful in their jobs and they're giving recommendations and stuff. And they're helping me out in different ways. But it's just having that honest conversation. So when managers burn that bridge and you never know when the world's so small. I've had people that were below me and now are above me in a different organization that I have to report to mm-hmm. because they're overseeing my program. And if I was, for lack of words, being a bitch to them, my life would have been hell. Yeah. So you just never know when that's going to go around. Yeah. Yeah. I agree 100%. I'm talking about good and bad things. Oh, Lord. So in the month of February, I brought the term uh, rose-colored glasses. What's the situation that you were wearing these rose-colored glasses? And how did you take them off? I think that's a hard question for me to answer because I really love what I do. And I genuinely love the place that I work for. I've had the opportunity to like grow within different levels within the company and with that, go to different locations that we have. And every time you go to a new building or a new location, it's always the feel good. It's like, I'm going to do my best, especially when you just promoted to this position and you're like, everything is perfect. Life is great. Like my manager is great. And then it, there has to be like a defining factor. And I think for me was when I was still like lower in my career and I had I went and I opened a new branch. I had an opportunity to open a new facility and I was like, we're going to create the culture from the bottom. Like all of our employees are going to be engaged. They're going to love everything that we do. All the like engagement stuff that like HR puts on, like the benefits are going to be great. Like just everything. And like I had this mentality of like life is going to be great. And for the most part, I think it was so great. But because I thought it was so great, like I was so blind to like, the other things that were happening around me with senior leadership team and things like that. And it wasn't until I left that building because I promoted somewhere else that th- that leadership team that I used to care so much for, they were like, you didn't know how bad it was there. We were overworked. We weren't listened to and all these things. And I was like, oh my goodness, like how, like, I didn't see that. Everybody always looks so happy. I would talk to you in your work area and you would always be like, this is great. Like life is great. And you would never say anything. But why now? And they're like, first of all, you're HR. And I was like, yeah. And then the second thing it was, we did it. They also cared so much about the other employees in the building that they didn't want to taint like what you already had or what you thought. So they allowed me to keep on my rose colored glasses, so to speak. And I almost wish that like, I would have wore a different lens or spoken to them more, connected with them more, or at that maybe even point in life, been a bigger leader to be like, wow, it was really messed up. I could have been a driver of change and a driver of growth for those people that wouldn't have left their experience to be so sour, especially like being an HR. Like I have the ability to impact that. That was like the one time in my career that I'm like, damn, I think I could have done more. I don't regret what I've done because it's still gotten me to great places. And where I was then, I still wouldn't have seen that, I think, just because I didn't have access to a lot of things, like different meetings that I was able to join just because of the level that I had with the company and things like that. It was almost like a slap in the face when they were like, no, I hated it there. When I think about my progress through the company, like that was my favorite part in my years that I spent in that location. And to some leaders that I still work with today, they're like, that was 
the worst place that I ever worked with. It depends on the culture that you're making because people could have loved you. They could have loved what you brought to the table, but they hated other individuals. I've had that happen. I had myself and another person that was also in charge. And they said, we love you. That's why we always go to you. <laughs> and we don't go to that person because we didn't love that person. Yeah. During supervisions and when I speak with my staff, I always say, so how's everything going? And they're like, good, it's going good. And I was like, okay, how's things really going? For every situation, it's a rose. Mm -hmm. You're going to have the beauty in the top and then the thorns in the bottom. Mm -hmm. Let's take the butt off. What are the thorns? What are the things that are prickling you every single day? What's making you not happy? Okay, let's peel that onion a little bit more. What's causing that? What's causing the frustration? And then we try to really work it out. I grab it and then we meet as a team and we try to fix it. Is that, like I say, if one person's feeling it, it's like a weed. Right. It spreads. And it's really hard because not everybody's so used to. I made an individual cry during one of my supervisions. Because you're mean. I am. <laughs> Actually, one of my staff called me, you're like the best supervisor I've ever had because you're the nicest bitch I've ever met. <laughs> Thanks. This person, she just said, I've never had a supervisor that cared enough to ask me and persistent enough to really like push me to the point where I had to like actually give, tell you how mm -hmm. I was feeling. And I made her cry because I was saying like, what's going on and what's wrong? And she said, I just don't feel like I belong here. And I was like, why don't you feel like you belong here? I just feel like I do everything and nobody ever recognizes me. And I was like, I give you shout outs. You've gotten awards. Like, what recognition do you want? She's like, when I do something good, tell me that I'm doing good. And I was like, I can't coddle you all the time because I can't be the only person. I supervise so many other people. I can't just be there, but I will try to make an effort to recognize when you do small things. Mm -hmm. And then she's okay. And she's like, why do you need that constant reassurance? And she's just never had a job where I felt that I was good enough. And I was like, that seems like an internal issue. That's something that I can't fix. You need to start building the confidence in yourself. I was like, there's these resources. You should take advantage of these therapies. <laughs> Here you go, take it. <laughs> she ended up going to therapy. Now she's doing very well because it was more of a self-esteem issue. Yep. So what are some individuals in your life that are the unicorns that inspire you to be the person that you are? You think everybody that you meet, to be quite honest, like... I'm a firm believer in you meet people when you're meant to meet them, whether they make a positive or not so positive impact in your life. It was a lesson that you needed to learn at that time in your life, whether you knew it then or not. Like, I do think that people come into your life when you need them the most. So I can tell you, like, of course, my parents, because I know I've been with them for forever. Or like from people that I'm like, I don't even speak to now. There's this one person that I just thought so highly of when I was going to college and they were so great. And I was like, I want to be like that. Like from the way that they spoke to the way that they carry themselves to their ambition, to their drive, to like just their passion for life in general, that I was like, I want to be like them. And they were such an important piece of my life then because I think that's when I needed them the most because that's when I was molding how I wanted my future to be. And now... I don't talk to them. I still see them on social media, but I don't really have relationship with them anymore. But at that time, like they were important. They were my unicorn from like the messed up, most messed up boss that I've ever had. That probably made me cry a couple more times than I want to say. But like at that point in my life, like I needed to learn how to be better at what I was doing and be a better leader. And then from them, I learned like that's not the type of leader that I want to be, even though it was such a negative story for me i still learned that i didn't want to be like you and i learned some good qualities on how to be a good boss and how to insist on really high bar and that's what i want my employees to be and that's what i learned from them at that time they were my close unquote on unicorn or skeleton unicorn i don't know they're a little mean <laughs> but yeah like to you and to your drive and to your ambition to where you're like 
I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to learn all these things and I want to do all these things and I'm, I don't even know how you have the time. <laughs> and then I did think about like, Jaime has all this time and he's going to school and he has a full-time job and he's doing a podcast and all these things. Why can't I just cook like dinner every day? A super basic thing. It takes a village. It really does. Yes, it, it takes a village of unicorns of individuals that really inspire you. You don't really have one specific person. And I think that even the people that sometimes you bump into that tell you like one or two sentences that stick. Yeah. So this has been a great, great interview. It's been fun. Out of everything that we talked about, is there another piece of advice for listeners to just be the better versions of themselves, to tap into that inner unicorn? I would have to say just be yourself. Only you know your best version and only that version comes out when you choose to be yourself. I can give you as an example. Can you grow and come out and just do all these things and like how dark you used to be and quiet. Now you're vibrant and colorful and so that's who I always knew you to be, but it wasn't until you decided to be that person that now you're like, okay, this is who I am because I'm happy and that's what I want to be. Everybody goes through their trials and tribulations and it's how you come out of those and like how you choose to be yourself. That is why people want to be around you. And the best way to be yourself is to seek what makes you happy and then keep doing it. Yeah. You have to be selfish a little bit. I learned this things like, no good time is to take time off, so you should just take it anyway. We're going through that applying to life. There's no good time to be yourself, so just be yourself anyway. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. But if somebody has any questions, where can they reach you? I think I would be the best place would be LinkedIn. My It's my name, Rosalina Sandoval. Thank you, everyone, for coming to another episode. As episodes come out every Friday at 7 a.m. Until next time. Bye. Bye.